uh, Kevin, thank you, uh, choir, for, for leading us in that uh, that particular song that really highlights uh, one of the things to, to me that's so meaningful uh, about the, the Christmas season that is filled with the, the extraordinary celebration and the, the lights and, and all the rest, yet it actually celebrates the ordinary. Uh, that, uh, that the ordinary people uh, that are involved in this particular events of Christmas, uh, they relate to ordinary you and me. Uh, today we'll, we'll jump this third Sunday of Advent into Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. Um, and we'll read uh, the, the story of, of, that we just heard sung and that we sang, sang about of Mary hearing from the angel how she gets to participate in this extraordinary story of God becoming human, God with us. Let's, uh, let's pray. Uh, Almighty God, uh, we do give you thanks for your written word, and we ask now that you would speak to us through your word, that you would open our ears and our hearts to hear and receive from you. And then free us our, in our feet and our hands to, to then go and, and do as you have called us to do. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, so Luke chapter 1 starting with verse 26. Hear the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, For you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be? Since I am a virgin. And the angel answered her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy. The Son of God. And behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So the first thing that that we see here is how God in this extraordinary situation connects intimately with ordinary people. Mary is we, we haven't heard anything about her up to this point, and we, we know that she's probably a teenager, uh, 
engagement in the first century could have lasted about a year. Uh, youngest, the youngest ones we know of were 12 years old. So she's probably mid-teenager, 16, 17-year-old. She's from a small town, podunk little village, Nazareth is, sort of like Wetumpka, Alabama, just outside of Montgomery. You know, it's just a nowhere kind of place. And she had no social significance. She was not famous. She was not powerful. She was not rich. She, she wasn't a great athlete or a great or a published author. Nothing like that. But an ordinary Israelite teenager. And now she's the one that has been chosen by God to be the one that fulfills the prophecies of Isaiah uh, that were written hundreds and hundreds of years before. That, that God will be Emmanuel, which is God with us. Uh, as as the, the uh, angel told her, you know, this one will follow in the, the throne of David, will be the leader of the people of, of Jacob, will be the, fulfilling the promises that God has made through David, through his people, to be the leader and the Lord, the King of God's people forever. This one will be in your womb. An extraordinary event in a very ordinary woman. This is the the miracle of what we call God's condescension. Uh, Not not so much, uh, use that language today, has a real negative connotation. This is one where God stoops to our level to engage with us in our language, in our form, in order to provide salvation and in order to provide a leader and a Lord forever. But beyond this one miraculous event, the, the rest of the steps are quite ordinary. Mary, you know, she goes through a nine-month gestation. You know, Jesus, God the, the Son in her womb, goes through all the normal processes, is born um, like normal. But then, not necessarily what you would expect for the royalty of eternity, uh, birth story. You know, his crib becomes a feeding trough and his uh, surroundings quite different than our normal expectations for a, uh, a birth. So uh, through, throughout this time, but Jesus then born, then he's raised as a toddler. He's got to be fed. His diapers have to be changed. He can't. Ambulate from one place to another. He's got to be picked up and carried as a baby, just like every other child. Goes through all these normal processes. It would have been cooler. It would have been a better story, you know, if he just sort of showed up like Clint Eastwood at age 30. You know, in, in the old westerns, not the newer stuff. Um, but the old way, if it, that would have been a much more fascinating story. But no, it, Jesus... God the Son goes through all the normal processes of human development as you and I. What does this shout to us? That this, this way that God enters the world shouts to us is that God is intimately involved in the ordinary elements of my life and your life and our lives as human beings. God engages with specific, 
individuals in order to bring hope, in order to show love, in order to lead his ordinary people forever. What he did in Mary, he does in you and me in our simple yet beautiful and complex human lives. There is no body too ordinary for God's intimate, particular care. In our normal human ex- existence, God engages, connects, and walks and leads us. That's why, why Mary can, can be a, a picture, a figurative picture of the church. As, as Jesus was born through her, literally, Jesus, in a sense, is born in you and I, in the church, figuratively, wherever we go. The, the work of God in us, transforming us so that we are formed more and more by the character of Jesus and in an obedience to his commands, is what the church now lives out in our ordinary, everyday lives. Now... That's, that's our charge. That's our opportunity in our ordinary lives to live out this extraordinary truth. But what often we, we think, what we often think is that because God is involved in our lives, that means our lives are going to be easier. You know, that our, our lives are now, everything's going to work. Everything's going to be just like it's supposed to be in our lives. And that's what it means because God is involved in our lives. I'm here to tell you, that's not promised anywhere in the scriptures. And that was not Mary's experience. Mary's life did not get easier with this grand, extraordinary visit from the angel Gabriel. Her life got a little more difficult real quickly. Now, it helped a little bit. Gabriel didn't just tell her. Gabriel did, thankfully, go tell her fiancé, that story's a little bit later, of what was happening in Mary. And also gave a little bit of hint to Elizabeth, as we heard in this particular story, another relative who was giving birth to John the Baptist. So she had some connections there. But can you imagine? We don't have any text to this extent, but can you imagine her conversations with mom and dad? Sure, yeah, angel came to visit, right. Imagine with her friends. Imagine with the community. And as I mentioned already, yes, she carried the baby to gestation, but her her birth story, her birth, uh, what happened with her birthing room was a little different than normal. You know, that the first crib was a donkey's feeding trough. The animals in the crib were not stuffed, but real. And uh, the the smells and sounds were not lullabies and Lysol. A very unique and difficult and a, a, a foreshadowing of the life ahead. Particularly of a mother at an execution scene. Where her 33-year-old son is hanging on a cross. Not easier. But I wish this were a word. What he promises. Your life and the life of the world will be gooder. I wish that were a word. Because it means, because really it's not better. Because better we tend to think easier. 
But gooder is that, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be of purpose. It's going to be of meaning. It's going to be characterized by love. I'm reminded, as I think about this with Mary's, I think about this, this truth this or, of ordinary people yet in, encountering God and yet life then not necessarily being easier. I'm reminded of a common a scene that I probably refer to every three or four years in the, the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. This is the, the story, uh, C.S. Lewis, of Narnia, an enchanted land that these three young children are starting to, to visit and meet with talking animals. And this is a particular conversation with Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. And Narnia, this enchanted land, is now under a curse. But there's... Whispers, conversations about the one who's going to come break the curse and rescue them. And his name is Aslan. And the, this conversation between the children and Mr. and Miss Beaver introduces Aslan, who's the, the, the God figure, the Christ figure in the, the story. Who was Aslan? asked Susan. Aslan said, Mr. Beaver, why don't you know? He's the king. It is he, not you, that will save us. Is he a man? asked Lucy. Aslan a man? said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking... They're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. When God enters into our ordinary lives, he comes with a grander purpose than we can ever imagine. And he he comes in ways that may not be safe. They may not fit with our normal social structures. They, They may not fit with our family traditions. They are in line with the kingdom of God and therefore in submission to the king of all kings. Not necessarily safe or easy, but good. Often we confuse God with a heavenly butler or an app that we go to just in time of our trouble to to answer our questions, to get us out of the trouble that we're into, which God may do, but he's much greater than that. As The angel tells Mary, this is the king that God has promised for God's people forever. 
And this King Jesus leads us to do crazy things, radical things, like loving our enemy. He tells us, when someone strikes you on the the cheek, turn to him the other also. When someone wrongs you, forgive them. Forgive them seven times, seventy times, we're told. He, He tells us, if you lust for a woman, you're committed adultery within her heart. If you hate another human being, you've committed murder against them in your heart. He calls us to be humble as he is humble. To keep our promises even if it hurts. To love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. These are the words of the King of Kings. Of the eternal King forever. The one who was born and laid in the feeding trough of a donkey. Who was crucified on a cross. Who now lives in us and calls us to follow him. Therefore, we we have to care about our neighbor's feelings as much as we do for our own. We have to care for our, our neighbor's children as much as we do for our own. Our neighbor's schools, our neighbor's water supply, our neighbor's housing as much as we do for our own. This is the words of this king who is good, but not safe. Now, God, in, the message of Christmas is that God enters our ordinary lives to transform us all for His extraordinary good. God connects with us in order to bless the world. Just, just, what, just like with Mary. You're gonna be the mother of God. The, the, the son of God in, in human form. You're going to give birth to the savior of the world. And Mary, I love Mary's response there. How crazy is this? How is this going to happen? And remember God's word, the angel's word to, to her. Nothing is impossible with God. You, you may be saying there's no way me and my ordinary self is going to have any kind of impact, any kind of blessing to the world. You're, you're wrong if you're a follower of Jesus. That's, that's his specialty. God connects with ordinary people in order to have impact in the world, whether it's at work, at home, in your neighborhood, in your city, on the playground, on the ball field on the stage, on the sidewalk. You, like Mary, ordinary, but have been called and blessed in an extraordinary way to be a blessing to the world wherever you go. That's who we are as the church. And what I I love, too, about God here, the the angel, welcoming the questions of Mary. You know, how is this going to happen? And well, this is, this is what's going to happen. God will come upon you, the God who created life, the one at the very beginning who said, let there be light, and then light was shining, the one who blew into inanimate object, and then it came to life, is now the one who's doing the same thing in the womb of Mary, and does the same thing in your life, in my life, in our lives, as we Seek to follow our forever king. Mary is our model. Her, her final words here are the words of the church. 
May, may it be to me as according to your word. I am, we are your servant. God has chosen us. God connects with you and me, with us in our lives right now to make us God's servant. Uh, to be, in a sense, giving birth to Jesus as we're transformed by his power. To whomever he has crossed our paths wherever we go. May it be to us according to his word. And may we be his servants. Amen. Let's pray together. Uh, Almighty God, we do marvel at this season. There's a whole lot here that is just beyond our expectations, beyond even our ability to comprehend. Yet we give you thanks for your work in Mary, your work in us, and your continued leading of your people to serve you, to follow you. We offer ourselves to you. You We we pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to be transforming us, our ordinary lives and our ordinary existence and our everyday up and down, walking around life. We we give uh, to you. Then whatever little ordinary ways, uh, we may be your servants wherever we go. And we also take this time, Lord, and, and lift up those in need of your healing hand. We, we pray uh, for those um, who are in places of, of conflict and, and struggle, uh, in need of reconciliation and relationships. Lord, we lift them up before you as you bring to mind in our, our, each of our minds. We, we lay them before you and ask your hand upon them. We continue uh, to pray as well for our brothers and sisters around the world in the midst of conflict. We pray for the uh, church in Ukraine. We, we pray uh, for your continued strength and hand upon them. And Lord, we, we pray that, that you would bring peace. Now, we pray the same for our brothers and sisters in, in Sudan, particularly the, the Nile region where there continues to be war and, and civil war and, and persecution on your, your church. We pray they would be strong, that you would protect and guide them, and they would be a witness to you. And uh, Almighty God, we thank you in the second service. We give you thanks for uh, Jasmine and uh, Zakiah and Zaire Fur and their, their baptism uh, that's, uh, this, uh, that'll be in the second service. We, we celebrate with you and welcome them uh, into this particular community of faith, this ordinary community of faith. Well, you through them and through us will continue to do your extraordinary work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.